Hello, and welcome to the Forest of the Fae. Here on Pop Culture Fae, we take a look at movies, TV, comics, and other popular media through the lens of the queer folks of society. I am Miller C. Lashbrook, and I am your host on your journey through the Forest of the Fae. This week on Pop Culture Fae, I welcome back my fiancé, Zach Marion, for a second week in a row to talk about all of our favorite news out of D23. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. All right, first up, this is Faye News. In this segment, I cover this week's big entertainment news that caught my eye. Uh, first, as a disclaimer, all of the news from D23 we're going to talk about in today's segment, so that is not going to be a part of this. So I'll just be covering all non-D23 related news here real quick. Um, so just another podcast update as part of the Fay News here. Uh, just a reminder, we've started a side quest series, uh, is what I'm calling it, with my friend uh, Sammy. We are talking about every episode of once upon a time and we put those episodes out on wednesdays so you'll see that pop up in your podcast feed so far we've watched episodes one and two of the first season of once upon a time and this week we will uh watch episode three so keep on the lookout for that if that interests you in dc news harley quinn was renewed for a fourth season yay that show's really good so that makes me happy we got a Black Adam trailer. I believe this is our final trailer since the movie's coming out next month in October. And Titans was renewed for a fourth season on HBO Max. Uh, Well, not renewed. That had already been announced. But it is premiering in November. That's what was announced. Uh, In streaming movie news, Glass Onion, the Knives Out sequel, got a trailer and that cast looks amazing i'm excited to see katherine hahn in really anything and janelle monet is in it amongst a lot of other people and in gaming news specifically pokemon we got a new full trailer for pokemon scarlet and violet which revealed three new pokemon cloth sarah ledge and armor rouge uh, which all look like some cool new Pokemon. And it showed a lot of gameplay and um, told us a lot about the kind of main plot lines that are going to be there in the game for you to choose to do. So that concludes the Fane News. And next, uh, we will get started with our segment this week, talking about all of the D23 news. Alrighty, uh, hello, welcome back, my love. Hi, hi. So you uh, you were on here a couple months ago for wow, Comic Con was a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Time flies. Uh, you were on here back at the end of July after Comic Con, and we talked about all of the big Marvel news. And uh, since then, we kind of we were like, okay. D23, here we come. It has come and gone. <laughs> and it was okay. Yeah, we got we got some news. I think specifically, and we'll we'll get to this when we 
talk about Marvel, um, I think people were hyping up the Marvel panel more than it needed to be. Um, and I don't know how much of that was fans and how much of that was like fan, like online news media and how much of that was actual Marvel's fault. But I think if we had looked at past <laughs> um, D23s and how much news had been released, we would have known what to expect, which is that D23 has, it's not like a Comic-Con panel. No. Uh, but we got some interesting stuff to talk about. So we're going to like talk about that. Um, for those listeners who are unfamiliar, D23 is the uh, semi-annual, so, uh, or right, semi, yeah, every other year they have this convention in Anaheim in California where they basically, di- it's a Disney convention and uh, it's really mostly focused on the Disney side of the company. So, uh, but they have a presence for all their different brands at the convention. There was Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar, and all of that. Um, but I think really the convention started as like a Disney parks kind of fan convention and built out from there. Cause that's like a whole other side of yeah. nerddom is the Disney parks people. Uh, and so we got this weekend, several panels, only two of which were actually live streamed, which was, I was, I'm like, just live stream the panels. I, I get why they don't live stream everything because they want people to actually go to and it makes it the, special for like, the people who do yeah but i'm like if you're gonna live stream two of them just live stream all of them uh, but we got a panel from walt disney games we got a panel on and that was friday afternoon friday evening there was a panel for disney live action and animation together and then saturday afternoon we got a panel for lucasfilm and Marvel Saturday evening there is a Disney Plus panel and then Sunday afternoon we got our uh parks and products panel and that is why this episode's coming to you on Monday and not Sunday because we wanted to make sure we could include the park stuff because we are park uh, Disney park people yeah um we we live in Orlando currently, <laughs> and uh, we like to go to the parks. We like the Mar the 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 Marvel. Oh my gosh, the Disney parks and going there. So we wanted to be able to talk about that. So we're gonna break this down by panel. We're not gonna go over every little bit of news because uh, honestly, the majority of the news to come out of D twenty three, a lot of it was kind of small little things. But we're going to talk about our kind of favorite things that came out of D23. So we're going to go ahead and start off first with the first panel. Uh, this was one of the ones live streamed, the games panel. Um, and so we were we were able to watch it. And uh, also the stuff was released online. Um, how, how did you feel? What Do you want to get started? How did you feel sure. about the um, panel? I mean, I'm more of a gamer than you are yes that is correct i had higher expectations um i was happy with what we got i guess i um 
think that they have some heavy hitters that they could have uh, pulled out a little bit more information about. Uh, so yeah. I think they, 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 it was a missed opportunity. Uh, I think the fact that they were live streaming this panel gave people higher expectations think so. for it than, than some of the other Especially panels. with companies like Sony, uh, they have regular live streams uh, where they drop usually uh, five, six large uh, trailers for like their games there. And so to get this and really only have a couple, um, you know, teasers mostly, not even uh, all that many full trailers was kind of a disappointment, but. Yeah, I think the two big misses that people were hoping for was an update on the um, Spider-Man Sony game sequel. And then also the announced Wolverine game that Insomniac is making. And I the I think the fact that we didn't get anything, any mention of those two things, we the, some clips of what yep. was already shown were shown, but no no news no, about those. They had a sizzle reel that included several games that we just didn't get any content for today or the other day. Um, yeah, so namely the the Spider Man game was one that I was really uh, hoping to get. Uh, and then there um, was no updates either about the Avengers game either. We know that there is content that's scheduled to come out in the future. So. Yeah. But um, enough about what we didn't get. Yeah. Though, what was your kind of your um, favorite thing out of this panel? Uh, I don't know if I'd call it my favorite, but the one that intrigues me the most uh is the Avatar uh, MMO that they announced. Um, yeah, as... so confusingly, they announced two Avatar games, right? The There's an Avatar-like RPG slash first-person shooter game, av- uh, which is Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. And then they also talked about an Avatar, Avatar MMO Awakening. called Avatar Awakening. I'm like... The, I don't know. I, was, <laughs> I mean, I, get I think that you want to hit different markets, but they seem like similar concepts. I would just combine them. I, I don't know. I is think there a market for two different Avatar games? Is my question. I mean, this is also the the same IP that they decided to announce, not just Avatar two, but Avatar two, three, four, five. Yeah. all at once so i don't think they're afraid of oversaturating the market uh i just i think they overpromise and underdeliver. so we'll see if until we get this <laughs> sequel in december i am very skeptical that this is a fandom that can support the kind of breadth that they're wanting it to i mean i love james cameron i never Never miss an opportunity to shoehorn in my love for Titanic. So he is uh, a fantastic writer. Uh, he's director. His world uh, that he created in Avatar, I think, has a lot of promise. Um, I mean, but yeah, I guess we can't underestimate or we can't understate how popular and the um, Pandora Land is in Animal Kingdom. But especially, I think, uh, with 
the Avatar franchise in general being more popular overseas in the Asian market uh, and that also being a, a very popular um, demographic when it comes to the Gaming. MMO, yeah. specifically MMOs. Uh, True. I think that it could be, um, you know, the Reese's peanut butter cup of games take two great tastes that taste great or taste better together, whatever the saying is. So, so taking, or it could totally. Yeah. I, I just, I think the thing that I think about with MMOs is that they require, they're, they're, they're a big time commitment, right? And so, an MMO fan usually only plays one or two, yeah. maybe three at most. For instance, you spend most of your MMO time playing either WoW or Final Fantasy XIV. Mm-hmm. And, and usually only one at a time. Like, occasionally you'll Star dabble Wars, the Old in Republic. the Old Republic, right? And so... And it's a case of... Whatever when, you're vibing yeah, with at the time, right? Or whatever has content most recently. Because yeah. I don't think the average... I think you're right. Most gamers aren't going to be able to play more than one or two at a time. So you have to make yours stand out enough to have it be yeah. one that... If I'm only going to play like one or two We've seen a lot games. of MMOs Why this rise and fall, right? And so... Uh, exactly. They need to make sure that they give a why. Why is this... MMO worth playing over another one, for instance. So what caught your eye? Um, I think uh, there were two main things that kind of caught my eye. I know we've talked about, like, obviously not on the podcast, but we've talked about um, my intrigue in uh, interest in Disney Dreamlight Valley. Uh, so for listeners, this is essentially Disney's answer to uh, Stardew Valley or Animal Crossing, kind of your like village simulator um, game, and where your villagers are Disney characters, and that seems I like sandbox games and simulators. Seems very much kind of in my um, wheelhouse. It is in early access. I haven't quite decided though if I want to buy it yet. I need to see some more um, stuff online from people playing it before I will decide, but they did reveal like, okay, the game's in early access and we're already announcing that Toy Story and Lion King are coming to the game and we're going to be adding those characters. So it seems like they're, they're wanting to put uh, time and money into this game and having new content come out about it. I am just still a little skeptical. And then the other thing that caught my eye was this, unnamed untitled marvel game mm-hmm. which it's it's like uh four four heroes two worlds one story is like how they build it where it seems like it's set in world war ii and it is going to be a black panther and captain america game yep. which i guess it would be t'challa's grandfather presumably if it's during world war ii said t'chaka's father so it would be T'Chaka's father, which I'm not sure what his name yeah. was. Um, but yeah, I am intrigued for sure. Yes. Um, because 
it looks like they're basically taking like the aesthetic of like a Medal of Honor game yeah. and or putting kind it in of the, also like a Wolfenstein. Yeah, and like putting it in the... the Marvel universe. I'm not an FPS person, but if I can play as, I mean, I guess to, neither T'Challa nor Cap use guns, no. uh, but it did look like there were other characters as well. Yeah, like, the, it, so, so they it says it four looked... heroes. I'm not sure. It looked like one of them was Adora Milaje. Um, I'm not sure who the other hero, the fourth hero is going to be. It looked like a, someone in um, military garb. That could be Wolverine, right? I mean, yeah. he would be alive would at the time. Be, yeah. um, or possibly like mm-hmm. a World War II era Fury, right? In the comics, Nick Fury was around in World War II. Um, I know in the MCU, that's not the case, but maybe we could get like a Nick, Nick Fury Sr. kind of <laughs> thing going on. Maybe it's Bucky. It could be Bucky. Yeah. Um, so, but I'm, I am very intrigued. Yeah. I like the concept. And so I'm like, I need to see a little bit more. Uh, I need to see gameplay before yes, I will decide is, if I'm going to get it. It's Square Enix. Is that right? No, it was somebody else. Okay. I can't remember off the top of my head. But it wasn't Square. Because we've gotten, because uh, we've got the Spider-Man games. Yeah, those are Insomniac. And then from Insomniac. And Avengers, then Avengers is, is Square. Square, yeah. Um, and then the Wolverine game. I think. Coming down the line as well. Other than that, I mean. Okay, there's a Tron game coming. You're, you're oh, a Tron to, fan. I like Tron. I I just like that world and the aesthetic and the music and everything. So, sure. I don't know. Why not? I just have PTSD from the Tron levels in all the Kingdom Hearts games. <laughs> they always kicked my butt. Well, and speaking of Kingdom Hearts, like you have a Disney games panel. Where's the Kingdom Hearts? Not, like not even like a spinoff or or anything. They just like we talked about with Spider Man. They showed, they showed a, yep. a clip of the. the, in the it was from the real. Kingdom Hearts four teaser we already mm-hmm. got before, um, but yeah, it's uh, it was interesting the lack of Kingdom because when you think Disney games you think Kingdom Hearts yeah, um, and then there was a bunch of mobile stuff but that doesn't a, really yeah, yeah a Marvel Niantic team up question mark yeah color me and we will we we shall see right. If this will be the new Pokemon Go, right? Hey, if I can like run around like an X Men and shoot lasers <laughs> in augmented reality, I'm all on board. Okay. <laughs> I'm easily amused, though. Anything else you wanted to say about the games panel? Uh, nope. I think that's. Okay. Uh, Disney Illusion Island was the other oh, one. Oh, yes. Go. It was the platformer. Yes. Uh, the Mickey and Friends coming platform. to Switch. Yeah, it. it we. We're I think when we were watching Fantastic it. Four. <laughs> wow. When when we were watching it, I think I remarked to you like, "Why have they not done this?" Like, it, yep. Uh, it, Mickey and Friends seems perfect for a platformer. Like, it just makes sense. And put it, putting that on the Switch, I can and with couch co op. Yep. I could see a lot of families really having fun um uh playing this and so i think yeah, it looks super cute. you and i will fight over donald 
seeing who gets to play Donald as Donald. is my favorite. Yes. Donald. Viva Donald. Um, so let's move on right. to the pan- Friday evenings panel. So Disney live action and animation. Um, I can see why they didn't stream this one. Yeah. <laughs> the, the I mean, the highlight were the trailers that they posted online, yep. right? Um, Which were fantastic. Yeah, so we got three trailers for um, all live action things. Or, well, we got two trailers and a teaser, I guess is the, the way that I would describe it. Yeah, and all of them were specifically, like, targeted for the gays, I feel. <laughs> so... It was, a, it was a good day to be a Disney gay. Well, so we got Disenchanted, yes. the sequel to Enchanted. Um, I've seen mixed reactions online to this. Mm. I don't care. No. I, I love the original movie. I think it's such an underrated Disney movie. Um, and this looks like it's going to be just as meta and funny and just fun. As I love that the they're leaning into the, the meta nature of it. Yeah, to and have, the tropes. yeah, because that was the first one was all about the idea of these tropes and like how ridiculous they are in the context of the real world. Yep. And so to lean into that again and have it be like, oh, we want to bring fairy tale, we want to bring a fairy tale story into the real world, and then how that unfolds. Specifically, I think the the clever idea of like um, Giselle becoming the, the villain stepmother. because she's the stepmother. Yep. Uh, I I just I think it's very clever, and the cast is fantastic. And I mean, I don't know, Disney. I'm sure it'll be full of Disney references, and just like the original. So I'm excited about that. Um, and that hopefully was... we will get a uh, killer. Musical number starring Idina Menzel this time around. Yeah, the the Wasted only miss of the original was the fact yep. that we didn't get any singing from Idina Menzel. Like you put Elphaba herself in your in your movie that is a musical, and she doesn't sing. Very weird choice. These were pre Elsa days, I guess. But yes, still, this was, it was pre Frozen, but still, like it already, yeah. Dominated she, Broadway. Yeah, in multiple shows, right? Yep. Rent. Rent and Wicked. My favorite. Yeah. Um, for me, it was that trailer. And then the other thing that definitely intrigued me was the announcement of next year's animated movie, Wish. I like the idea that we're going to focus on the wishing star that so many Disney characters have wished on, especially for the 100th anniversary of disney Mm -hmm. uh i think that's a clever idea there's rumors that the star is going to be an androgynous or gender fluid type character uh which as someone who is on toward that end of the gender spectrum i well not that end of it but all over the place in it um i am very intrigued by that what were your favorite parts of this panel uh, for me, uh, being the, the spooky gay and uh, always a fan of Halloween, uh, I can't wait for Hocus Pocus 2. Uh, I think the, the, the trailer they dropped, uh, I think it, it 
managed to capture a lot of the charm uh, and whimsy of the original, um, but it definitely looks like a modern uh, take on the story. Uh, and all three women still uh, look fantastic. Like stepped, yeah, just stepped exactly. right back into the roles. So I am, I don't know if you've noticed, I have had, I'm cautiously optimistic about this movie. Um, back in 2018, they released a novelization of the original movie and a sequel book uh, put together. So you you got the book and you got the novelization of the original and a book that was a sequel to the original. And this was all to kind of celebrate the anniversary of the movie and everything. I think it was at the 25th anniversary of the original film at this point. And I, at the time I had graduated from college, I had a lot more free time. This was before we met. So I was just going to work and going home and not really doing much. So I was reading a lot. And so I picked this up at the bookstore. I was excited to read it. And I read um, the, I skipped over the novelization because I was like, I've seen the movie so many times. I don't need to read a novelization of the movie of Hocus Pocus. And, and then I read the sequel. I actually DNF'd it. I did not finish it because it seemed it seemed very freeform hmm. in, in not in the not style in the not stylistically way. as in the channel on TV as in the oh, the new name for ABC family uh -oh. um it was very like cash grabby like I'm diverse in a disingenuous way. Yeah. Um, and it also was just very, it felt very forced that it, I, I don't know. And so that made me very skeptical of the idea of a sequel of Hocus Pocus in general. And so I am cautiously optimistic. I also think a big part of it is that it was a different medium, right? That yeah. this novel, it was it was written, and part of the charm of Hocus Pocus is the acting from those three women as the Sanderson sisters. And I would like to think that all three actresses would have enough pride in themselves and those roles that hopefully they would not have agreed to come back if the, if the script, if the wasn't, script wasn't up to their standards. I, so. I think so. And so that's why I say I'm cautiously optimistic but I'm not, I'm, I don't think anybody should go into watching this with the expectation of it being like better than the original yeah. or anything. Uh, look at it as like, it's a fun, like revisit with these characters and it, it may be better or just as good, but it's probably going to be like a silly sequel. Yep. Like, and that's okay. And I, nothing yeah. will ever, ever replace the original. Or, no, that's the so. problem with sequels to cult classics that you really get is that there's the like over time people have grown to like love the original so much that the expectations are almost too high. Yeah. Um, so I guess what I will say, folks out there, if you're looking forward to Hocus Pocus 2, 
um just go into it looking for a fun time mm -hmm. uh, don't don't like <laughs> popcorn movie. yeah exactly maybe some uh, vodka in the in your <laughs> in your uh your coke for those that are legal drinking age. oh yes yes of course um, was there anything else from that panel that you wanted to talk about or touch on the little mermaid yeah of course I, yeah the, the trailer um definitely all the nostalgia uh they shot for shot remake of the, of the original, original trailer, trailer. Yeah. just like they did with the lion king yeah i think so we talked about this the other day after watching the trailer the the lion king remake boo it the thing that was missing from the secret sauce of the disney live action remakes was the twist and update that's the key here right the while i, I while i will go on about how emma watson does not sing as well as um our Pedro Hera, our original Belle. Yes. The live action Beauty and the Beast remake works because they went so over the top with the production design. They tweaked some things in the story. They added some characters. They modernized it a little bit. And I think that's the key with these live action remakes. I think you, the same could be said about the live action Jungle Book remake. And Aladdin, I think, for sure. And Aladdin, for sure. They added some... They, I think Aladdin did a great job of adding additional scenes and content that didn't change the story. It just it reframed it. the yeah. story. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. it just makes you see it in a different way. It, it deepened the narrative yeah. um, without and taking I, away from it. And there just was none of that in The Lion King. No, they actually took stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was... The, uh, specifically, be prepared. Um and you will never forgive them for that the no and it, why it just, do we the soul like what felt like it was ripped out of the lion yes. king remake and this but, is coming from two people who absolutely love john favreau and mm -hmm. almost everything he does yes and that cast too right yes, uh, beyonce yeah how can you go wrong with beyonce and donald glover yeah and like Billy Eichner yep. and um, like that whole cast. But so all that being said, speaking of Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen. Oh uh, yeah. They're, to they're coming the, back the, for the, the Mufasa yeah, series. They, they managed to, they were actually probably the highlight of that movie and uh, rightfully. So they were the ones that are going to be uh, in the sequel or the sequel prequel, I guess. Yeah. Prequel. But all that being said, um, the teaser for Little Mermaid, this looks like something special. Yes. Uh, I I mean, Halle Bailey's singing was, like, on point. She sounded great. I love what the the tale, the way oh, they the realized beautiful. Her, her tale and her Hopefully, swimming. Yeah, all of the CG. It's like they the they, they watched Aquaman and they were like, hey, can we copy your homework and then actually like turn in better work? <laughs> Be because it felt underwater, right? 
Yep. I think did. the only thing, the color palette looked a little bit toned down, but it was a darker scene. And so I'm hoping like when we get our under the sea scene mm-hmm. in the movie that we do get that bright, super saturated color palette that makes it really feel Which, like the Caribbean. Cause I that, think, the, didn't the, they preview that at D23? But not for the people. I think there was a preview of the... Uh, I think they might have shown the part of Under the Sea. I believe so. Yeah. So, um, Anything else before we take a quick break uh, about the live action and animation panel? That's all I got. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, listen to this ad from our sponsors. And we'll be back to talk Star Wars, Marvel, and theme parks. Goody, goody. Okay, we are back. Uh, So next, we're going to talk about Star Wars. So there was a panel on Saturday in the afternoon that was a combination Star Wars and Marvel panel. I thought it was interesting. Usually Marvel is like, hey, we make all the money here. We get our own (laughs) panel. Uh, But they kind of did a back-to-back. They started with Star Wars and made people wait for the Marvel news. Um, So we got... Uh, actually three trailers from just from Star Wars. I I mean we're we're both ready for Andor. Yes. The I it's next week. I love Rogue One. I think it's the best Star Wars movie that Disney has put out. I I don't I think a lot of people would, would agree, agree with that statement. I did think for <laughs> a second. But um, yes, I would agree with that. And this show looks awesome it looks grand it looks serious uh it looks like it is game of thrones in star wars minus minus the violence and adult part of it but in terms of the politics and taking the world seriously it feels like a very game of thrones type of approach to the star wars universe so I have said to you before and to my friends, uh, controversial opinion, but episode two is one of my favorite, <laughs> uh, one of, one of my favorite Star Wars films. Um, well, cause so you find, I, you, you yeah, find, I find I the political too. elements, uh, and I, I think, you know, uh, I think the, the show, uh, Clone Wars, also did a really good job of capturing that and i think and fleshing out the politics yeah yep and so uh we got glimpses of that in rogue one but i'm really Mm -hmm. excited to just take all of that and yeah i mean mon moth was one of our main characters yes Uh, it and i think the issue that people have with it being in episode two is that a movie is not a great medium for dealing with no, a lot of politics. Exactly. You can do a little bit of politics in movies, but I think a show, a streaming series with the, like the high budget like this is going to have over 12 episodes, that is the kind of place that you can really do some political intrigue. I agree. Yeah. I and I know a lot of people find that stuff to be boring, but I mean, I hey, mean... Game of Thrones and The House of the Dragon are both doing very well. And people watch it, and that's super political. So, I I think there's definitely a place for it. I 
we can't we can't keep letting the loud, angry, annoying, like oh, right. the original trilogy is is the only thing that's ever going to be good enough for them. Kind of Star Wars fans. Yep. We can't keep letting them be the ones being loud about this fandom. I think I'm going to encourage anyone listening right now. If you watch Andor and you like it, be loud about how much you like it, because that's what we need to start doing with anything that they put out that we like in terms of Star Wars. We need to let Disney know that there are people enjoying some of the stuff that we put out. I think the biggest thing for me that has been a miss in terms of how the fans reacted was Solo. Mm. I really enjoyed Solo, and there are some people online who, like me, will talk about how much they enjoyed Solo. But online conversation would have you believe that it's a horrible movie and that nobody liked it. A lot of people I talked to enjoy that enjoyed mm-hmm. that Star Wars movie. I have mixed opinions on it, which is fine, right? Yeah, I um, think I think it did some things very well, and other things not so much. But and I just. I don't like this holding pattern that we're in where we're not hearing about any new Star Wars movies. We don't know if we can trust whether the things they announce are actually going to come out or not. Like we've gotten the, they keep saying Ryan Johnson's making a trilogy of movies. I'm not going to believe that until I'm sitting in the theater watching it. We have Taika supposedly supposedly making a movie. Feige's supposedly producing one and uh, Rogue Squadron was supposed to be happening with patty jenkins attached to it they've made all these announcements but nothing but happening. nothing seems to be happening other than john favreau yep. and um so Dave we, we appreciate tv them. universe which we totally appreciate but i want more movies more on them <laughs> later though um and so we get this andor trailer amazing i'm ready i'm here for it let's go right yeah um we get a really interesting concept of the trailer, Tales of the Jedi. I'm very intrigued by this. One of my favorite characters, and then your favorite character, or Ahsoka? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so, you love Dooku, Dooku yes. which I also really like. Dooku as a character. The fact that we, the fact that we had, uh, okay, let the me back up for a second. Pawn. Let me back up for a second. I love everything to do with um, Jedi and Padawans and the the lineage of Jedi and everything, kind of thinking of the Order as a family tree, right, of these Masters and Padawans. I love all of that stuff, and it's always intrigued me since Episode 2, since the first time I watched it, that Dooku, Dooku. was Qui-Gon's master, yep. and Dooku turned to the dark side and like Qui-Gon still went on to be like a master himself and train Obi-Wan. And it's almost like you can have that family member that goes kind of crazy, but it doesn't mean the whole family's crazy, right? Like that kind of idea. Uh, well, he was he was rich, so I believe the term, <laughs> the term is eccentric, but yes. <laughs> he was a count after all. And I am just really intrigued to see that pre prequel era where we get a young, uh, well, a younger um, Count Dooku 
and really see him as a Jedi. It's, like I, that's not something that no, we've there's really a, seen there's a lot of. Still a lot of mystery around. Yeah, especially who he was as a Jedi, well, and there was already not a lot of content that took place before Episode One. Like I should say, in like the hundred years mm-hmm. leading up to Episode One, before Disney came in and wiped out the canon. But especially since oh, they reset the canon, it's almost a there's like of... barely anything that takes place in those immediate decades leading up to Phantom Menace, besides a couple like um, Qui Gon and Obi Wan stories. And so this intrigues me. And uh, yeah, Ahsoka, I'm here for it. So the show will be split into six, six shorts. shorts. Uh, three of which will focus on Dooku, and three will focus on Ahsoka. Yep. I hope this continues after that. I think, I think having this show as like an anthology series that can just pop in and out of the timeline wherever and showcase different Jedi characters, I think that's a really cool concept. That... That's a, a fantastic way to not only give new content for characters who are dead because the vast majority of the Jedi were killed in episode three in yeah. order 66. Yep. Uh, so we can, yeah, we can get content like with Jedi characters that have, you know, passed, but also if there are knock on wood, uh, some Jedi uh, still hanging around that need to be brought back into the world mm-hmm. uh the the shows could be an opportunity uh to give some background to characters before uh bringing them on potentially for larger projects yeah like we established in obi-wan that quinlan voss is still kicking around right yep. that he's out there and so why not get like one or two episodes of this show where we see some things of what quinlan is doing out there yeah so i think uh, yeah. There's a lot of opportunity for the show moving mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. And um, so in terms of the, the, other th- the other big thing, we got Mando Season 3 trailer. Heck yes. Uh, there are some murmurs that this is going to be a, the final season, but that has not been confirmed. Um, but I'm just, I'm just ready to be in this show again. I think I enjoyed Boba Fett. The Book of Boba Fett for what it was. I don't think it was a perfect show, but the two episodes we got that were basically Mandalorian episodes were amazing. Um, And I'm I'm just ready for more adventures with Grogu and Din Djarin. I love these characters. I love the lore that this show has established around Mandalorians and the fact that the trailer shows us so many Mandalorians, so many Mandalorians, but also Mandalore is in the trailer and we haven't seen Mandalore since the Clone Wars. Like I'm, I'm very excited. What are your thoughts on this trailer? Yeah, I think uh, we are definitely taking things back up to the macro level. Uh, Based on what we've seen in the trailer, um, the the Mandalorian people uh, in general will play a much heavier role in this season. Uh, so again, politics, uh, we'll see. I mean, the Din Djarin is, um, you know, at odds with, in with a lot of ways. With Bo-Katan. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so we'll see where that goes. Um, we got the we got a, at least a couple of seconds of the the uh, dark saber in the trailer. Yeah, run it off. So yeah, I'll definitely be intrigued as well to kind of see this narrative of Mando trying to redeem himself in the eyes of the armorer and kind of coming back from, well, I guess whether he even sees if he needs to do that, does he think he needs to redeem himself or is he just like, can I take my helmet off lady? Like, is it really that big of a deal? Yep. <laughs> uh, because Bo-Katan's sect of Mandalorians don't think so. They're extremists. Uh, well, he's the extremist. He's the extremist. Yeah. Yes. Um, Sorry. Bo-Katan. Well, but also yeah, no. there's the the layer yeah. of he was not born Mandalorian. He's a foundling, and his feeling that he needs to earn, uh, like he feels like he needs to prove something to people who were born on Mandalore. There's a lot of like really cool layers to that. Um, talking about like culture and assimilationism and uh like people who are different trying to fit into someone else's idea of culture there's like we could go on a lot of that we'll we will talk a lot about this show when it comes back um any other star wars thoughts Hmm. still waiting for uh i want to see cal castus make it to the the screen yeah I no I news think on that front yet. Yeah, I I want to see Calcastus in live action. I think we might not get that for a little bit, but because we got to see how these games wrap up, right? Yep. Um, another game that was kind of missing yep. from the game panel. Uh, yeah, there were a couple of brief clips and this is all real again, yeah. but not no news there for so, the game or for live action let's move on to marvel we talked about this at the top i think this was the most hyped up panel yeah i think it let down a lot of people because of how hyped up it was i wasn't really expecting much out of it i i think the only two things that i think i was kind of hoping for that we didn't get we didn't get any mention of either deadpool 3 or any mutant related stuff nope. we didn't really get anything about anything in phase six uh it was all kind of focused on the phase five projects um and other than that i was kind of hoping that we got would get some casting of the fantastic four yeah especially since the internet has decided that that is it that that's its new no way home right like mm-hmm. the everyone has their fan casting and yeah for the last two years all the internet could think about was Andrew and Toby being in No Way Home. And now the only thing that MCU fans can think about now Who's is gonna play Reed Richards? The Fantastic Four yep. casting. And I'm like <laughs> part of me wants to know just so I can know, but also part of me wants to know so people will we'll shut stop up about talking it. about it. Yeah. I'm like, can you just tell us Marvel so that I don't have to hear people fan cast these these characters anymore? Like, please. Tell me who the Fantastic Four and Doom are going to be so that people can shut up about it. Um, but let's talk the actual things we got. I know that we're both very excited about the same thing. Oh, yes. Werewolf by Night. Some people online are like, what is this? Uh, but we are both 
It was psych. I was I am living for this trailer. So they're, they they've been talking. There's been rumors, murmurs about this happening for a while now. People have talked about the casting, uh, and we've kind of known that Michael Giacchino, the composer, was going to be directing for a little bit, but Marvel had not said anything officially about this to the point where after they didn't say anything at comic-con people were like is this still still happening happening? Uh, is it still coming this year are we gonna have to wait for next year for this um oh it's happening baby and and it is it is crazy crazy campy black and white i think the thing the exact thing i texted to you when I sent you the trailer was this is Marvel's Grindhouse. Yes. Can you explain to listeners what Grindhouse is? Uh, well, uh, Grindhouse films uh, specifically um, rose in popularity in the 60s. Uh, it's a genre of film specifically uh, that they're exploitative. They're everything over the top, over the top nudity, over the top gore, um, just uh, about as crazy as possible. And the idea was um, that the films were made at the lowest possible budget uh, and then mass produced and then uh, shown essentially at a discount. Uh, Usually you got like a two for one to go see them. Uh, So- And they usually were like- Schlocky, horror- Horror, action. Yep, action. uh, uh, Throw in a little softcore porn sometimes. Uh, so pulp, uh, yeah, but very, yeah, and, very pulpy. Uh, and so, um, so that was like the original, what Grindhouse was. Quentin Tarantino, my favorite director, uh, he, uh, and Robert Rodriguez did a director of the book of Boba Fett. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> to, to tie it back. Uh, they did a, uh, Grindhouse film. Uh, they called it Grindhouse Double Feature, uh, and it was their homage, uh, their love letter to those old movies, uh, including Planet Terror, which was a zombie movie. Uh, that was and, Robert Rodriguez. Yes. And, and then and then Tarantino did Death Proof, yeah. uh, which is uh, a roughly hour and a half long um, car chase uh, that is just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Um, both, I would, I would say sit down and watch them together as the double feature. They're they're, there. You can get them as separate films, uh, but yeah, they're really meant to be watched. But yeah, you should watch them together as a double feature. Uh, it's like a good three hours in total. A little over, yeah. It will be worth your time if you're the right age to watch rated R. Yep. And Um, (laughs) popcorn. And if you're the right age, maybe a beer. Yeah, the and so, but the whole idea of the the Tarantino Rodriguez Grand House is to pay homage to the kind of cheesy, campy, over the top nature of those original Grand House films, yep. and I feel like that's what Jacino's doing with this. this. This movie gave me all the vibes of um, like House on Haunted Hill, uh, Boris Karloff. Uh, it had that that old style, but it also had like a campy nature. There was like a ton of like, tongue in cheek nature I, to it. And um, another great horror director, um, Rob Zombie. Uh, this actually kind of reminded me 
a little bit of the lighter sides of one of his horror films, House of a Thousand Corpses, but also uh, if any of you are familiar with the show The Munsters, uh, Robert Rodriguez is also working on uh, a reboot of The Munsters uh, that has that, it's also in black and white and has that same very uh, like campy horror style, so. Yeah, it. I think this is, I I hope people watch this because I would love to see more of these kind of one-off, like, fun, different genre projects from Marvel. Don't be one of those people that complains about Marvel being recycling and, yeah. Yeah, and being cookie cutter. And then, like, you don't actually show up to watch, like, when they actually do, do unique different. projects. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm excited. I'm intrigued. You know it's probably going to have some good music because oh, it's yeah. Giacchino. So, um, yeah, very exciting. And then the other big – well, they confirmed Matt Shackman's directing Fantastic Four. We kind of knew that based on uh, reports recently. Some other news. We got our roster for Thunderbolts, which yep. basically it's Black Widow 2 <laughs> <laughs> with some characters from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um I am so happy to see. Um, I mean, anything with Yelena. Yep. The she's. But I'm glad that she and uh, David Harbor will both be returning together. Yes. Yeah. He was my favorite part of the Black Widow film. Yeah, so. he's awesome as Red Guardian. He's so funny, and his dynamic saying, with saying the straight Pugh. white man is the best part of a movie about two sisters. Whoops. I mean, Yelena is my favorite part of that movie. And so it seems like from the poster they released or the concept art, she's the lead, maybe, of this movie. They gave her a center. Yeah, she was in the center of the roster. So I am Val all the way in the back. Yeah. Um, The other thing, kind of big thing that's not a trailer that we got was we got confirmation of our villain for Captain America New World Order. And that is Samuel Stearns, a.k.a. The Leader, uh, played by Tim Blake Nelson all the way back in 2008 in The Incredible Hulk, which, interesting timing, right? Yeah. We've been talking about, and I've been talking about this in my blog posts about the She-Hulk episodes, but we've been talking about, and a lot of people have, about whether or not this boss, the Wrecking Crew, are reporting to is the leader and then we get confirmation he is coming back so i feel like that gives more credence to the theories right i think so um and of course we've got you know abomination and everything so some of these seeds that were and yeah so it almost makes me question like is she hulk gonna lead into i think it could world order i think, we, I, think I think we'll probably see some of the seeds planted in uh she hulk come back not only there but obviously um this different discussion but projects down the line including daredevil so oh for sure yeah and the other big news we got a secret invasion trailer finally right we've been we have known about secret invasion since before the pandemic (laughs) <laughs> this wow. was one of those projects that was announced at the 2019 Comic-Con panel. Uh, at the Like, when we were hearing about Phase 4. And it has just gotten pushed back, 
reshot, changed around, and moved so much in the release schedule. And so we find it's finally coming, right? It's going to be here early 2023. We don't have an exact window just yet. Uh, this looks awesome. Oh yeah. The yeah, go ahead. I think uh, we're finally going to get the the fury centric story that a lot of fans have been waiting for. Um, I think. You know, we we have gotten bits and pieces of Fury throughout the years, and uh, Samuel Jackson, uh, to his credit, can take like a one minute cameo mm-hmm. uh, and make it feel like he was the star of the entire movie. Um, and I think they've done a very effective job of sprinkling Fury in throughout the different Marvel uh, MCU stories. Yeah, and then we got him as like a secondary character in Captain in Marvel. In Captain Marvel, but that was also the old school Fury. Uh, that yeah. was him as a rookie cop. Uh, so now uh, we'll... Well, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Yes, a rookie. But essentially yes. he's a rookie in there. Yes. yes, but now we're getting the, the grizzled veteran, the yeah. world-weary... Uh, but kick-ass Nick Fury. I think for anyone who's familiar with the Secret Invasion storyline, the scene in this trailer that perfectly summarizes the tone is when he says to Rhodey, how much do you know about your security detail? And (laughs) Rhodey says, what do you mean how much do I know? And then they cut the scene off there. Like, that perfectly summarizes the tone of what secret invasion should be i i don't think we're gonna get the as big grand of scale as the comic is i mean it's a show yeah right we're not gonna have all the avengers which i'm fine with i i think having a more grounded narrative will having it be a another political spy thriller like we got with winter soldier that's one of my favorite Marvel movies still to this day. And so to keep like that kind of tone in an MCU project, I'm here for it. Yeah. And I happen to, uh, one of my favorite characters is Maria Hill. Um, I think Colby Smulders, again, uh, I would say uh, she's another one that, you know, even with just a, a small cameo, uh, she can really uh, make a big impact in the the Marvel stories that we've seen her already in. Uh, but I'm really, I'm excited to see, uh, you know, another opportunity for her and Fury to interact. Mm-hmm. And from the trailer, it seems like they are um, not having, they're not seeing eye to eye on a lot of things from what we yeah. see in the trailer, I think. Um, but also just for a Disney plus series, we have Samuel L. Jackson, Don Cheadle. Yep. Colby Smulders. Okay, those three we already mentioned. Plus ben, Martin Freeman yep. returning. Um, and Olivia Coleman and Amelia Clark all in this show. Yep. What a freaking cast, right? Like, this is... Th- these are Emmy and Oscar winning oh, yeah. actors in this show set in a superhero universe on Disney's streaming service? Like, 
if you had talked to somebody 10 years ago and said that to them, they would have been like, what are you smoking? Like <laughs> these, I mean, the production but, value on these shows is just, yeah. Like insane. Eat your heart out HBO. Right. Like with these actors at, or like eat your heart out, uh, Apple TV plus. Oh, not to mention Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah. Sorry. He's in yeah. green makeup. Like most of the time as talent. So, yeah. But Sorry. yeah. Um, of Rogue One fame. Yes. yes. Of course. It Everything all connects. together. Um, yeah, what a cast. That show is going to be amazing. I think it's going to be six episodes like most of the Disney shows have been. What what a great six weeks that's yeah. going to be. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, anything else about the Marvel panel that you want to talk about? I think I... Taken on its own, this may not have been a whole lot of information, but paired with everything we've gotten recently, I just think that uh, we, as fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, have so much to look forward to. We're and, eating good. Yeah. But... <laughs> and I, it, it is just so crazy to me that a panel where we got you know, uh, a trailer for a TV a, show, a ta- trailer, and a trailer for, for a, a project that had not been yep. talked about at all. Plus a full, a pretty big cast like list. And we're, we're calling this a, a, uh, like we're talking about it. Like it was a disappointment. Like the, yeah, the, like it was a light sprinkling of information. So yeah. that just shows you how crazy like, privileged i guess we're 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 spoiled yeah dc wishes right i mean (laughs) which i i love the dc characters when they're done right it's just we'll keep holding out hope that that they'll get their act together yeah really um so let's we're gonna do one more pause here before we go into the disney plus news uh there's a couple projects there i want to talk about and then the theme parks news perfect Okay, we've got two more panels to talk about here. Um, quick, let's real quick talk about the Disney Plus slash Disney TV panel. Now, some of this panel was more like Disney Channel type content, but there is some stuff that I definitely want to talk about. <laughs> I think you know of all the things from this weekend, even the Marvel stuff, which you know I was excited for. The thing that I was most excited for for all of D23 was the Percy Jackson of course. news. We found out earlier in the week that uh, Rick Riordan posted on social media that we were going to get some kind of news about the show. We got a freaking teaser trailer. Like, I know you, this is a book series that you will read. You have yes. not read yet, though. Um, but you're going to read them the before show. the show comes yep. out. I, and so you you don't even understand how <laughs> like giddy I was watching this teaser and right away being like, oh my gosh, this narration is like the first page of the first book. Yeah. Like him talking about uh, talking to 
the reader, or in this case, viewer, about being a demigod. Uh, I just, I, the Logan Lerman movies approached, which, not seen. which you should never watch, <laughs> approached the Percy Jackson books in a like, in a way of like an adult, an adult approaching, approaching content that they think is for kids. And like, they're talking down to the viewer. This series looks like it's going to be taking middle grade slash young adult content and approaching it like they want to make it for everybody. Just like the same way that they do with Marvel, Star Wars, like Warner Brothers did with She Who Must Not Be Names uh, mm-hmm, book mm-hmm. series, right? Yep. It, uh, I just, I'm so excited for the show. I can't understate it. I, I, I love this world. I love this series and the idea that more and more people are going to get to know this, the, this series and get to see it. And I'm going to get to see some of these fictional characters, these literary characters that I really enjoy like thinking down the line, especially some characters that get introduced in books three, four, and like so on. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm so excited about it. And I, <laughs> yeah, it's for me. I, I love, uh, you know, the, the mythology and everything. Uh, and so I am intrigued by the idea you've given me the basic, summary of the books uh you've been careful to not include spoilers for the because most part. you will read them yes so <laughs> i am intrigued by the show and i'm excited to read the books and go down that journey with you so yeah um what was there anything from this panel that kind of you were intrigued by or caught your eye or anything uh the willow trailer i thought looked uh pretty epic um yeah you and i need to watch the original movie i guess neither of us have ever seen it warwick davis i mean i mean he's fantastic he's a legend yeah like he's appeared in so many different nerdy franchises specifically like Star Wars and Harry Potter. Yep. He's tied to both of those. Um, and so the fe- like giving him his own series, I like, I'm very excited about. Plus this just work looks like another yeah, cozy it, fantasy yep. world. Right. Which as we've, we've talked about talked like about. Um, why we are enjoying rings of power so much it's that kind of cozy fantasy the world a world that you just want to live in uh and like that you want to know more about and it feels very warm which as we realize more and more that we don't really want to consume more things of the wizarding world because of joanne's decisions um we want more warm fantasy worlds that we can enjoy and consume. And uh, I think this looks like another one that we can kind of dive into and enjoy. Yeah. And I am very excited to 
see where the show goes. But also, yeah, we definitely will have to go back and watch the original. Um, I guess uh, speaking of uh, originals, uh, the Santa Claus. Uh, <laughs> okay. The, Talk the, it, yeah. That is to say, uh, apparently the show is about them trying to replace the original Santa He's Claus. retiring? Can Yes. In the canon, can he do that? I don't know. Can we just push Tim Allen off a roof? Is that, oh, Oof. Can I not say that on here? I'm sorry. Um, that was a joke for that listeners. That was a joke. <laughs> um, it definitely looks like the show... How do I put this? The show looks like it's tonally going to be more in line with the escape clause than it is with the original film. A film which I believe is sitting somewhere in the three out of ten range on IMDb. Oh, the escape clause? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I, for context, the original Santa Claus movie is one of my favorite Christmas movies. Uh, That original movie, being the child of divorced parents, it just hits me in a way that I don't know hits other people. But man, are those other two movies so cheesy. (laughs) Yeah. But when when it's Christmas, you kind of want some cheese, right? Like, I think that, right? Yeah. I don't want any... I don't want to be... Charged with slander by Disney Corporation, so I do want to just uh, correct myself. It is sitting at a lovely 4.7 out of 10 Oh, okay, so correction. Santa Claus 3, the escape clause, is sitting at a 4.7 out of 10 on IMDb. A 32 out of 100 on on Metacritic. Metacritic? Yep. Okay. Um. Yeah, this looks fun, right? Yep. I mean, it, around the holidays, you want yep. new Christmas content. It's something to turn on while we're home for the holidays. On Baking break. or, yeah. like, getting ready. Yeah, uh, it's starting before Thanksgiving, though. But I guess with it being a show, they want the series to wrap before Christmas. Yeah, um, yeah we'll watch it. I th- I think the only, the only other thing out of this panel that caught my eye was National Treasure Show. It looks in that same kind of like not quite Disney Channel, but not quite like cinematic, yeah. like the Willow and Percy Jackson shows look. Uh, but I like the National Treasure movies. I love a good treasure hunt story. I love American history and just history in general, which it looks like this is going to incorporate more world history. I think than, so. Yeah. Than just American history. But some fun callbacks to. Yeah, we've got returning characters from the movies. They recently announced that they're writing a third movie. And so are they going to... Glasses. Yeah, the glasses were there. Um, It begs the question, like, are they going to try to make this... A cinematic universe? uh, Yeah. A national... Make it, like, more of a franchise than just a series of movies, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Disney, they got to do that horizontal, uh, marketing, right? (laughs) The horizontal integration of their IP. Um, yeah. Speaking of. Yeah. So speaking, yeah, great transition, right? Yeah. 
Uh, speaking of horizontal, horizontal. marketing. Let's talk about um, the theme parks. So Sunday afternoon, we got our parks, products, and resorts panel, which I don't know why they titled. I get they titled it that because that's the section of the company that this was the panel for. But they didn't really talk products. They talked parks and they touched on the on cruise the, line yeah. and resorts. Um, there was a lot of small stuff in this panel, which we we do not have time to go through all the little things. So we're going to touch on the kind of things that caught our eye. Uh, do you want to get started with this one? Sure. Um, let's talk about um, Moana, first off. Uh, she seems to be a popular character. So yeah, she's it's actually going to be like popping up in a couple places. Actually, looked at the Nielsen ratings. Yeah, and seen that almost every week the um, acquired movies category Moana is in the top ten almost every single hmm. week in terms of movies getting watched on all streaming services because they use it as a babysitter. Hey. <laughs> Works for me. I, I, mean, I we could don't sit there. Kids. I could be. No, oh, I mean, for me. For babysitting yeah. you. Yeah. I, I sit down, turn on Moana, and next thing I know, it's two hours later. Well, I mean, it, it is a good movie. So, what, what caught. So, there are two things. Yeah. Well, Moana so we, related, right? we've known about the Epcot edition uh, yeah, for a while. Yeah, the Journey of Water attraction. Yeah. Uh, it's been delayed, like most everything uh, in, that in Epcot, Epcot overall. Uh, yeah. But it, it is coming together. If you go through Epcot now, it is uh, there's slowly but surely less and less walls and more actual like attractions again. Um, but yeah, the the uh, journey of water. Um, yeah, we got like a scale model at the at the expo. So this wasn't in the panel. This was on the show floor. Apparently, um, there is a scale model of the Tafiti statue that's going to be a part of the attraction, which is going to be like 16 or 18 feet tall. Um, I mean, it's going to be a walking fountain attraction. Yep. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, it'll I be think, what it's going to be. I think the, the, that part of the park right now is a little gray. Um, I think, yeah. Getting some some greenery in there. Some, and some green and blue in there. Yeah. yeah. Especially <laughs> since they took out the fountains and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, it'll... It, will it be a star attraction? No. Will it be something that pulls people off of the main pathway and helps to manage the crowds in Epcot? Yes. Yeah. Is it something that after I've had a couple of drinks in World Showcase might be... a fun thing to pass through on the walk back to the car yes yeah walk off those margaritas from the mexico pavilion right drink responsibly yeah if you're doing it right you started in mexico and then made your way around and the margaritas have worn off at this point so maybe you're walking off your little spritzer drink from france yeah at this point (laughs) or the or that that last minute strudel from from uh the canada pavilion or not strudel not strudel uh never mind <laughs> a beer what, from uh, canada i guess yeah. uh yeah yeah or like an ale I um food oh you were thinking food oh canada oh canada <laughs> that's all i meant uh 
No, the food in Canada, it's always that poutine. cheese soup. Poutine. You've got the poutine, and then they always have that filet mignon every year. Yeah. Food and wine. Oh, we, we need to go to food and wine soon. Uh, <laughs> we, we digress. Yeah, bring it back. To Moana. Um, and... So, before you touch on the other Moana okay. thing, this was a little odd, right? The way that they shared this yeah. news, you can tell that they aren't willing to quite commit to any of these projects. I think most of yet. these are what they call blue sky projects. Yeah, and they, so. they reiterated that multiple times, talking about, oh, these are things that we've just thought about yeah right? so a blue sky product or project is uh something that is <laughs> for the most part it is in the just concept past yeah. the, the brainstorm yeah uh, these are these are things that probably came up in a meeting and someone was like yeah that sounds really cool draw up a sketch of that and so somebody drew up a sketch of it and that's about as far as they've gotten so they yeah I, these I mean, are not things that have any concrete like money put towards them right and now and we've seen time and time again with these theme park announcements that these blue sky concept arts usually don't end up looking exactly how things happen i mean going back to i can remember when i really started following the disney parks news which was when they announced new fantasy land and yeah so a while ago uh and there were like there was supposed to be a sleeping beauty cottage where you would meet aurora and you would make birthday cards for aurora for her 16th birthday with flora fauna and meriwether that never happened right and so the if you're new to being a disney parks fan get used to seeing these getting super excited but also manage those expectations and remember that no money has probably been allocated yet for any of these projects when they're in this early stage other than paying the imagineers to con come up with the concepts and money is always what's gonna it's, it's always gonna come down to it at the end of the day and sometimes things get cut sometimes they get changed moved around all those kinds of things so that being said we got two kind of really cool blue sky concept arts uh, and the first one that you're going to talk about is for Animal Kingdom. Yes. So, so uh, they... We've had... There have been rumors and conversations around getting rid of Dino Land for years now. Probably for about four or five years. And they're maybe thinking of... Like, again, yeah, they didn't they were concrete... They're, they're yeah. kind of ambiguous. But it seems like they're thinking about using some of the land to make clearly they know it's not area right and then the other part of the land for a moana area yep. and the Which, concept art they showed showed mostly moana yeah stuff. there was a little bit of zootopia off in the background it sounded to me like most of the zootopia stuff would be in the form of they it from what they were showing more of a ride probably so there would be a mm -hmm. probably a small outdoor area themed after zootopia and then from there you would go and get on like the the with the like 
well, transportation system that they used in Zootopia, and well, then you would get like a tour of of the so city districts. So it would make districts. it seem like they had a much larger area. Well, and so this also makes sense to people who follow who are following the park news, right? Because we know that Hong Kong Disneyland is getting a uh, Zootopia attraction, and the Disney likes to take attractions from the international parks and bring them to the stateside parks after they've been kind of tried and tested in the international market. And so it would make it would make sense. Hey, they're building this over in Hong Kong. Maybe three or four years after, they bring it over here. Yeah. And they get to do one of those cookie cutter attractions like they're doing with Tron right now. Yep. Because um, that was in Shanghai first and now it's coming over here. Um, Fine. There is no Moana area anywhere. No. So that would be and brand new. And it's a perfect new. fit for I, some people. Kingdom, I think. So Joe Road, the original Imagineer mm-hmm. that um, create, created the concept for Animal Kingdom, and that's like his baby of a park. He does not work for Imagineering anymore, actually. He works for Virgin Galactic. <laughs> He's actually designing like spaceships for um virgin galactic but he tweeted out um this was not over the weekend this has been in the past but he's he tweeted out this was earlier in the year fans online were talking about zootopia or other things going to animal kingdom and he said basically said some something along the lines of if the story is not centered on animals or nature or humans interacting with nature, it should not go in that park. And Moana, I think you could make an argument for, but specifically in this tweet, he was talking about how Zootopia, they're humanoid creatures dealing with human issues. They just mm-hmm. look like animals. Yeah. And that's why he believes Zootopia should not be an animal kingdom. And I'm like, hmm. but also he doesn't work there anymore. I think you could make an argument that if I think a an attraction, uh, because I think so much of what makes Jack, uh, which for the, those of you who don't know me personally, Jack, uh, Animal Kingdom, uh, Disney's, Disney's Animal, Animal, Animal Kingdom, Kingdom yeah. yeah, is uh, one of my is probably my favorite of the parks. I think what what I like is that there's always this educational side to it, and it is about helping people to better understand the role that humans play in mm-hmm. uh, our ecosystem. And I think that an attraction, a Zootopia attraction, if it was designed, like what I was saying, that goes yeah. to the different like areas and looks at it, the, there's an educational element that you get to learn. You could see different animals. Yes, they're human, like anthropomorphic animals, but we still get to see them in their natural environment in their ecosystems and so i think it could be a way to to still i think there's a there's a way to make it work um and i think moana is very much about the movie is very much about moana finding her place in the world but also about her people trying to you know find their place and their connection with the ocean and their environment so i think um there, there are some really cool opportunities there uh, yeah, I just think. But there's not a lot of water Moana, around there, other than. So. I feel like Moana would fit much better in Adventureland, hmm. in my opinion. Um, 
I mean, can we like use the space that the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse is being used for for something else? No, I know that's, that's like blasphemy. A, blasphemy I know that might be blasphemy people. for some people, but pretty soon we're gonna get to the point where the people who were a lot who were like alive when that movie came out can't really walk around a theme park anymore. I mean, within the next couple decades and so I, my dad specifically wanted to go through that one when we went to magic Kingdom, i said in so the like, next couple decades yeah, no, but, but there is going to as much as some people would like to not think about this if disney does not make new movies or tv shows that relate to the park's content then the attractions are going to feel old and outdated at some point, unless they work to refurbish the attractions and make, make them like, and revitalize them so that people coming to the parks see it and see it as a new thing. Um, this is why people talk about like, we need to update the final scene of Carousel of Progress. We, we don't need to get rid of the ride, but we need to update that final scene to make it a new future. Oh, uh, same thing with yeah. uh spaceship earth yeah and so uh yeah with spaceship earth exactly we don't want to get rid of the attraction but we need to update it for the like a lot of things have happened since the invention of the internet (laughs) yes we can't just end with that like matrix code yeah um (laughs) yeah anyway getting back on track um the can i talk about the thing Mm -hmm. that excited of course okay so wow two two things so first a small thing um I think I missed this at first glance when seeing all the news from the panel. The Hatbox Ghost is coming to the Haunted Mansion at Disney World, uh, which I just love the Haunted Mansion. And Hatbox Ghost is associated he's a specific, with Disneyland. Yeah, he's a specific ghost character that appears in the Disneyland attraction. And for the longest time, he didn't work properly. So he, but they've they've since fixed him in Disneyland, and essentially a lot like the he's a ghost Yeti. Where well, that's not fixed, but no. yeah, um, he's kind of one of those famous like Disney Parks fans things of like, oh, he didn't work for a while, but now he actually does, and so they're working to bring him over here. So that excites me. But the other blue sky concept art that we got was this beyond big thunder mountain very ambiguous as to (laughs) is this another park is this a new land yeah but like is it a fifth game is it it, it... yeah not quite sure or like was part of this a new gate was part of this a new land i'm not sure but essentially Right after talking about Moana, Zootopia, and Animal Kingdom, they were like, what if we went on the other side of Big Thunder Mountain? And in my head, I'm like, there's a parking lot there. (laughs) Apparently, there's also an acid trip of... Of different franchises. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, they want, like... Yeah, they're like, oh, what if we put Coco behind Thunder Mountain? And I'm like, you have a Mexico pavilion. Put it there. Just extend the pavilion. There's, there's space. There's space. There's a parking lot behind there too. The and I'm I'm like, 
the just put you have the Mexico Pavilion, put Coco there. People want it there. You've hinted at putting Coco there. Like the Mexico the, Pavilion currently yeah. has Coco like, stuff, stuff yeah. in it. Yeah. yeah. Um so that confused me a little bit. And then they said, Oh, what about the house Madrigal from Encanto? And I'm like, Oh, so you want to put the two yeah. Latinx? Uh, Even though they are geographically nowhere near each other. <laughs> right next to each other. You're like, You want to lump all the Hispanic stuff yep. together, is what you're saying. Uh, I don't know if that's why, but the maybe it's because they think thematically they would look similar, but like, again, geographically Colombia and Mexico are nowhere near each other but okay um I would love an Encanto attraction though yes that part excited me and the Coco part is yeah Dia de los Muertos which theme. that looks really cool too yeah I just don't know if those belong in Frontierland or yes in Magic Magic Kingdom I think Encanto could fit in Magic Kingdom I think you could make yeah, an argument so. for that but I think Coco should go in the Mexico I agree right? Um, but then but they're like, more. they were like, oh, and we know you guys have been talking about this forever. What about a place overrun by villains? And the blue sky concept art shows like off in the distance in the back of it. You yeah. can see Maleficent's hit, uh, Forbidden Fortress. And it's like, okay, don't tease me like this, Disney. Yeah. But also... Make it its own park, right? I know people are like, they'll never make a villain park because it'll scare kids and it'll glorify being evil or whatever. Okay, hear me out. The whole park is about you trying to stop the villains and being brave, right? Courage is the theme of the park. And so it's overcoming the fear of these villainous characters. I think that would solve that problem put maleficent's castle at the centerpiece of this land give us all the disney stuff give us a crazy ursula water ride give us a cave of wonders jafar ride right i mean this park this park makes itself right give us the yzma secret lab roller coaster we all want from emperor's new groove i just don't Tease me, Disney. <laughs> I think what we don't want is like a villain area, and yeah. it's just Maleficent's castle. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't tease us. Commit with a villain to this. Yeah, yeah. Area, and then just yeah. I I think this is kind of an informal survey. I think that's what this essentially is. But they already knew what everyone was already saying. So. I know. I think. They they wanted to see how people would react to this being inside Magic yep. Kingdom rather than its own area. And people are not happy about that. No. And I think they're very quickly going to realize Coco belongs in Epcot in the Mexico yep. Pavilion. Don't destroy the Three Caballeros, right? No. Put it next Viva to it. Viva Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I think they'll get they'll, – they'll realize very quickly – the way they propose these ideas maybe not be the best, but the, the concepts of the individual things people are excited for. Um, anything else to say? I think we've covered quite, quite a bit. Yeah, 
it was it was a an information packed weekend, but yeah, a lot to be excited for as a fan of the Walt Disney Company, um, and I think the company is showing that it finally is ready to kind of get back to the way that they engaged with their fans pre-pandemic. And hopefully they're going to be like, they're going to keep moving forward as Walt Disney said. Yeah. Yeah. Here's to the future. Yes. Well, thank you love for coming on and thank you for uh, having me. yes. Thank you for listening. Alrighty, it is time for my segment that I lovingly call, But Is She Gay? In this segment of Pop Culture Fae, I discuss how our weekly topic speaks to the queer condition. This week, we're talking all the D23 news. But is she gay? Um, I don't really see any explicit news around any kind of projects for queer characters. But that doesn't mean that we're not getting any. Um, We know that one of the characters in the upcoming Strange New Worlds movie this year is going to be queer in the Disney animated movie. And there are some people talking about the star character in the Wish animated movie being um, sort of non-binary, androgynous, and or gender fluid in some kind of way. Um, Other than that, not really. Um, I'm holding out hope that at some point we get a Young Avengers project from Marvel with a very queer cast. Um, I want to know where we're going to see America Chavez next in the MCU. I want to know where we're going to see the Eternals next, talking about Fastos. And uh, let's get some gay characters in Star Wars, please. But um, not really any news explicitly about queer representation for the Walt Disney Company this week. Unfortunately. But... Progress takes time, I suppose. Now, uh, let's move into my weekly recommendations for this week. My comics recommendation uh, is related to our Beyond Thunder Mountain uh, kind of attraction news that we got. Uh, There actually was a Thunder Mountain Marvel comic that was published uh, probably about five or six years ago now. Uh, they did a couple different comics related to Disney attractions, but they specifically did one related to Thunder Mountain, and that was a fun way to kind of flesh out the lore around that attraction. So if you're looking for more Thunder Mountain stuff, there you go. If you're looking for a TV recommendation for this week and you got excited about the different announcements for the Parks panel, the Imagineering story on Disney Plus is a great series, which goes into... The history of Disney's Imagineering and their Imagineers and really kind of showcases how the Imagineers take an attraction from concept into reality. 
And then my film recommendation for this week is Pinocchio, the new Pinocchio on Disney Plus. Specifically, if you're looking for a movie that has that is steeped with metaphor of a trans narrative, this is it. <laughs> uh, we may not get any explicit trans characters anytime soon in a Disney movie. But wow, do they lay it on thick a little bit with this Pinocchio movie, especially with the way they ended it. Uh, so, yeah, if you're looking for some trans representation that's not actual representation, <laughs> um, uh, this this might be the movie for you. Also, just it's a very charming movie, uh, and I think it very it realizes the original uh, animated movie in live action in a very nice way. Can't go wrong with Tom Hanks. <laughs> so that concludes my weekly recommendations for this week. And uh, next, uh, we're going to move into the outro here. Alrighty, I want to thank you for joining me and Zach in talking about all the D23 news today. If you're listening and enjoying the podcast, please give it a review on your podcasting platform of choice. And if you leave a question in a five-star review, I will answer it next week on the podcast. We, I haven't had anybody drop any questions just yet, but I'm just waiting here to answer a question on the podcast. Uh, so please uh, leave a five-star review. That would be very helpful in getting the podcast out there to a wider audience. Also, if you have a friend who would like the podcast, share it with them to help grow our little community here. Once again, I am Miller C. Lashbrook. You can find me on Twitter at Mill C. Lashbrook, on Instagram at Miller C. Lashbrook. And for more pop culture fay, you can head to my website, popculturefay.com for blog posts and more content. If you would like to financially support the podcast, I would love you. And you can go to anchor.fm slash popculturefay to do so. You can uh, do a little uh, one-time donation or uh, and that would be very helpful there. I want to, as always, thank my loyal listeners if you're coming back every episode, listening to me talk about random nerdy stuff and ramble on, I appreciate you, I see you, and I love you. I hope you have a fantastic day, and I hope to find you the next time you wander into the forest of pop culture fate.